soccer game was going on, that was my sport, and uh, we, we, we made sure we were there, and man, they had, sometimes the uncles would have uh, mariachis, and and uh, you name it, man, would show up to these these big parties they would have, and and uh, all of us would crowd around the television there, and we'd watch that game with excitement, man, and they, they would be screaming, they would be they would be cursing, they would be yelling, they'd be crying, they'd be throwing stuff at the, at the television. And I'm telling you, and nobody thought that was crazy. Nobody had a problem with any of that. Nobody said, hey man, what, what are you doing? Everybody was in the, in the same vein. They were worshiping the same gods of soccer and of sports. And, and, uh, and so we worship the one God in this place. We worship the God Wife and and uh, elders' wife, and we greet them 
and uh, honor them for the work and labor they've put into this church over the years, all the prayers, all the fasting, all the outreach, all the uh, worry and concern and labor that this good elders put into this this church and in this city, the, the blocks, the avenues, the, the, the roads that this man is, has traversed to try to get something going here in Lathrop. And I thank God that it's paid off after all these years. Hallelujah, God. I can thank you for passion. I can thank you for your leadership. Praise God. Hallelujah, God. And, uh, so, again, we're, we're wanting to challenge you again. Anytime, anytime we start work in, in the company I work for, they, uh, they always make us go through uh, stretches in the morning. We look like a bunch of Chinese guys out there doing little, little stretches and all this stuff. And it's just how they do it. They want to make sure they prevent any injuries and so that uh, everything goes goes well that day and so you got to stretch a little bit so that you can get the job done so that's what we're doing today we're stretching a little bit Amen. and uh, in the process we want to see souls get the Holy Ghost and so uh, that being said uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 6 book of Acts chapter 6 praise God Acts chapter 6 starting in verse 2 the Bible says then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables men of God these apostles these men that were called of God to preach the word, to pastor, to evangelize, to reach their, their city, their community, their area, their, their country, and in this time, the then known world. They said it is not meet for us, uh, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, taking care of just uh, the stuff around the church. Verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full, everyone say full, full, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And this is why. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's that's what I want my pastor doing. I don't want my pastor to have to clean the bathrooms. I don't want my pastor to have to clean up after me on the floor. My kids mess. I want my pastor to be able to focus on prayer. Prayer and the ministry of the word. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, one more portion of scripture, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
verse 28. The Bible says, And God, and God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, everyone say helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Praise God. God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And uh, with the help of God, I want to preach to you on this subject tonight. I want to help. Everyone say that with me. I want to help. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, hold them close to your hearts and let's pray. God in Jesus, we thank you, God, for the opportunity. We're in the house of God. One more time. Speak to our hearts. From you, God. God, I pray you would move in my life for this church. Your every heart. God, I pray, Lord, that that word of God would take root, Lord, inside of us today. That that seed of the word of God will find good ground tonight, Lord. Yes, God, in the name of Jesus, your spirit will be planted deep in our spirits. Let's stay with us tonight. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. May be seated. Adam Clark's commentary tells us that this particular word helps, uh, being derived obviously from a Greek word. Doc, he says that Dr. Lightfoot conjectures that these were the apostles' helpers, persons who accompanied them, baptized those who were converted by them and were sent by them to such places as they could not attend to, being otherwise employed. Helps, helps, helps. This was uh, their particular job. This is their assignment uh, within the church. Barnes' uh, commentary tells us that this word helps, uh, this word occurs. Nowhere else in the New Testament. It is derived from, again, a, a Greek word and denotes properly aid, assistance, or help. And then those who render aid, assistance, or help, helpers. Uh, who they were is not known exactly. They might have been those to whom was entrusted the care of the poor and the sick and the strangers, widows, and orphans, etc. That is, those who performed the office of deacons, or they may have been those who attended on the apostles' aid uh, to aid them in their work, such as uh, Paul refers to in Romans 16 and 3. Greek Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians 12 and 9, salute your vein, our helper in Christ. See note on Romans 16 and 3. It is not possible, perhaps, 
to determine the precise meaning of the word or the nature of the office which they discharged. But the word means in general those who in any way aided or rendered assistance to the church and may refer to the temporal affairs of the church to care for the poor, to the distribution of charity and alms, or to the instruction of the ignorant, or to aid rendering directly to the apostles, but may refer to the aid rendered by in any class and in any way. Probably many persons were profitably and usefully employed in various ways as aids in promoting the temporal or spiritual welfare of the church. Everyone say helps. helps. Gill's exposition of the whole Bible, uh, Bible commentary says in regard to this word helps, it means either the ministers of the word in common who are helpers of the faith and joy of the saints and are means of increasing their knowledge and spiritual experience and of establishing them in the truth. Uh, Acts 18 and 27, or else such evangelists and ministers of the word as were assistants to the apostles such as Mark and Timothy and Titus, or rather the deacons of churches whose business it is to take care of tables, the Lord's table, the ministers and the poor's, uh, and all the secular affairs of the church, and so are the helps to minister, uh, relieve him, and free him from all worldly concerns, that he may better attend to prayer and the ministry of the word of God. These, whether one or the other, are so-called in allusion to the priests and Levites who were helps or assistants to the high priest in the burning of the red heifer. It doesn't tell us whether these were specifically men or they were specifically women. There was not an age limit put on this particular uh, spiritual office of helps. There was not a gender given uh, who could be a helps in the local church to the man of God. Can you say amen? amen. But nonetheless, this was a spiritual uh, calling. This was a spiritual office for somebody to be a help. I want to look at that uh, scripture that we had earlier in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28. The Bible says, and God hath set some in the church. God put these things in the church to assist the ministry. The Bible said, first apostles. Uh, anybody agree with me that an apostle is a spiritual calling? Can you say amen? amen? It takes a special calling and anointing and unction from God to be called an apostle of God. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Let's look at these one by one. Secondarily, prophets. I think it goes without saying to be considered a prophet of God, one has to have a special calling and anointing to be called a prophet of God. It's such in our day that uh, a prophet is such uh, looked at at high regards that even men of God who 
who we look to maybe as prophets of God even in the year 2017 don't go around boasting that they're prophets. Right. Uh, they just live the life and walk the talk and and uh, practice what they preach and follow the leading of the Holy Ghost and minister in the Spirit, the Word of God. But they don't put that title upon themselves because being a prophet is a deep, deep, deep calling in the Spirit and anointing of a particular man of God, much like that of an apostle. Can you say amen? amen. Thirdly, teachers. And thank God we have uh, these three offices sometimes fulfilled in the life of uh, one man that is our pastor. Thank God for Holy Ghost anointed teaching. Thank God for a man of God that can open the word of God to us on a weekly basis and teach us the fundamentals of the word Amen. of God Amen. to help us, to ready us so that we can make it to an everlasting heaven. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Thank God for the man of God. Then it goes on into uh, the gift or the working of miracles. Everybody knows that this gift of miracles or the working of miracle miracles is a spiritual gift. For no man can do uh, miracles on their own unless they lead and lean upon uh, the Holy Ghost to do such things. They are uh, supernatural things that take place when men of God pray or when a sister leans over and prays for another sister or somebody needs a special need in the church and somebody uh, digs deep in their spirit and prays in a spirit of travail and maybe it's a backslid husband or a backslid child or a job that's needed or a bill that's paid but somehow God provides the way because miracles are for the church and Amen. miracles are a spiritual aspect to the kingdom of God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Then the gift of healings. Oh, I think it goes without saying that the gift of healings is also a spiritual gift. Without going into any great detail, I think that you and I know what uh, is required to uh, receive he a healing. It is absolutely a miracle. I, I've seen different uh, miracles in my life, and I'm sure everyone in here can share uh, of, of a time when God reached in to their life or someone they know of and uh, a healing has taken place. And if you're new in the church and you don't know and you're not familiar with these kind of things, I'm telling you in an apostolic church, miracles and get and healings should be normal yeah. in the apostolic church. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And if you stick around just a little while longer, I'm telling you, you're going to see great things amen. in the years to come. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Then I want to go in reverse. I want to go to the end of that verse, verse 28, and look at uh, the diversities of tongues. To speak in an unknown language or a foreign language is a spiritual uh, uh, um Quality, nonetheless, it is absolutely a work of the spirit. It is a spiritual gift that is given uh, to have the diversity of tongues. And then God gives supernatural understanding to the leadership and to the ministry to distinguish and to delineate 
governments within the local church. These are spiritual things. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And so you may say, where do I fit in all of this? Well, I'm not a prophet. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a Bible teacher, so to speak. I don't work miracles and I don't have the gift of healings and I don't know nothing about governments and I'm not even uh, filled with the Holy Ghost yet. Well, God's called everybody to do something. That's right. right. Praise God. Amen. And the last uh, but not least in this particular uh, scripture is this helps that's given here. Helps that's talked about here. Everyone has a place in the kingdom of God. I don't care what you think that you don't possess. I, I don't care if you think you'll never be able to talk to somebody. You'll never be able to witness to somebody. You'll never be able to teach a Bible study. You, you can't You can't never play the piano. God's called you to do something Amen. in the house of God. Amen. And that's where this ministry of helps comes from. This is where this burden comes from. This I was praying about this long before uh, Pastor Camarina uh, and I had a conversation about some things the other day, and uh, this this helps uh, just laid upon my heart, and I want to talk about it just for a few minutes. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Lord, we love you today. God, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, we praise you. Praise God. 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 Praise Praise God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Acts chapter 27, starting in verse 13. The Bible says that, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purse purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after were uh, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurocladon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive and running under a certain island which is called Claudia, we had much work which was come by the boat, which when we had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into quicksand, straight sail and so were driven. If you don't know the context of this particular verse, these verses and the scripture text here, uh, the Apostle Paul was pleading to Caesar and he was on his way to Rome and he had just left Festus and King Agrippa and was in a ship full of prisoners and soldiers and they got caught up in a storm and uh, the Bible calls this storm Eurocladon. Bible says in verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive and running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work uh, to come by the boat. And so these sailors and these soldiers and these prisoners all bound together to try to help this boat from being a split in two and being destroyed by the waves and the wind of this uh, terrible storm. Uh, Bible theologians say that in this part of the world that it was very common for typhoons to uh, arise at sea and uh, they were not considered 
very dangerous if they were not uh, named. You you wouldn't give it a name. Simply uh, just look at today's hurricanes and and the different names that they put on a hurricane. A level one hurricane must reach the speed of wind uh, to the approximate speed of 75 or 74 miles an hour for it to be considered a category one hurricane. And then it's given a name. If it's not dangerous, they don't give it a name. And so uh, I just said that to emphasize the point that this particular storm was given a name by the word of God called Eurachlodon. That was that was what they called it. God chose to put it in his word. It was a serious storm. It was a serious typhoon. They were in serious danger. And if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll soon find out that there was uh, there was almost nothing left of the boat and the men barely made it off with their lives. But nonetheless, the apostle Paul was on this ship and the word of God tells us that in verse 16, which when they had taken up, they used helps, 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 undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. This, this word stood out to me in Bible study. And so I went to look it up and find out what this word helps was. I didn't know if it just meant that everybody on board got together and bound together and decided they were going to take the sail down and they were going to row with all their might. I didn't know what it was. So I searched it out and I found out what this word helps was. It was leather or steel bands that they had in those days on great ships. And they said, uh, theologians say that this ship was over 200 feet long and so it would have required several of these bands they had to take these bands and bind them up on one edge of the ship and then a man would swim and dive in the middle of stormy water and he would swim under the ship and he would take that band up to the other side and a 200 foot ship would have taken at least 20 bands so this man or men would have had to dive into the water risking their lives for the sake of the entire ship. And they would take those bands up on the other side of the ship and they would bind them up and those bands would gird up the underbelly of that ship to hold it together. Praise God. That's what you are. That's what you are. You're helps. Yes, you are. You're there to support the ship. When the ship gets rocking, when the, sh when the storms come, Yes, it is. When the storms come, you're there to bind it up. You're there to pray. You're there to intercede. You're there to seek God. You're there to hold up the hands of the man of God in your life to make sure that the storm of life, the storm of the church, praise God. Doesn't overtake the church and split it in two. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise God. I want to be helpless. I want to be a help. In the house of Hallelujah. God. Praise God. Your pastor don't need you at this church one service and at another church the next service. Praise right. God. Amen. If you're going to be a saint of this church, this is your church. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise so this was a typhoon at sea that came up against them and they used 
helps. We are God's helps. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. The man of God shouldn't have to do everything. That's what the church is. We need to take ownership sometime in the church. Y'all pay tithe here. Y'all pay offering here. This is your church. Can you say praise, praise God? The Lord. When, there's, when there's something on the floor, don't let the man of God pick it up first. You ought to be the first one to do it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. This is good tonight. Amen. This is right tonight. Hallelujah. When the man of God calls for all hands on deck outreach, everybody ought to be there. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Be there on time. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. This is good teaching tonight. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter uh, number three, starting in verse two. Bible says that it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place. Everyone say in his place. place. Eli was laid down in his place. The Bible said, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. You know, Eli at this time, at this particular portion of scripture, Eli was an old man. He was an elderly man. He, he was weary. He had worked hard around the church. He, he had knocked every door. He had prayed so many different prayer meetings. He'd, be, he'd been at the church night after night after night after night, serving the kingdom of God with all his might, praying, God, send us revival. Yes, he had. And Eli was the man of God. And that day the Bible said it. And his eyes waxed dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, I just want to stop right there and tell you. According to the tabernacle plan in the Old Testament given to Moses. uh, That the the, uh, menorah or the light of the lampstand could not go out in the temple, had to be burning continually uh, seven days a week, 365 days right. of the year. Right. And so this lampstand was there. And God saw that uh, there was a possibility that because of Eli's age, because he was weary, because he had grown uh, old and his eyes could not see and Uh, The Bible said that uh, the seer was the man of God in the Old Testament. The man of God was also called the prophet of God. And uh, this was the office uh, of uh, Eli during this particular time. The Bible said that uh, Samuel was there and he was a young boy. Verse 1 says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And so Samuel grew up in uh, this tabernacle with Eli. And so it was time. It was time. It was God's timing. It was God's particular time that when he saw that Eli had waxed old and his eyes began to become dim that he could not see. The Bible goes on to say in verse 3, an heir to keep the lamp of God going out in the temple. Uh, God said um, where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel. Thank God for uh, Bishop K. 
Camarena in the house. Thank God for the man of God that paid his dues, that, that walked the streets, that talked to souls, that reached out to hearts throughout the years. How many years you've been here, Elder? 40. 40 years trying to build a church for the kingdom of God. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. God, we love you today. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. You're a great God. You know why God raised up Samuel? Because God said, unless I get some help, unless I raise somebody up, unless I provide somebody else to maintain the duties of the tabernacle, the light is going to go out. Come on. Let me tell you, that elder's not going to be around for very much longer, and he's not going to be around. Forever, I should say. But by the grace of God, I'm going to help this good elder. I'm going to be the man uh, to help this good elder. I'm going to make sure that I'm here on time for church. When a sinner comes to the altar, I'm going to make sure that I'm praying with them. I'm going to invite people on my job. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to go on personal outreach and find parking lots and hand out flyers. And reach souls. Why? Amen. Because I want to be a help amen. to the man of God. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Don't worry. I don't mean to bore you today. Good. Amen. But I feel like amen. this is what we need tonight. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Samuel chapter 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. David is old. King David is old and and he's in the hole, and he's he's on he's hiding from his son. And man, I'm telling you, uh, David was was an elderly king at this time, and he was he was in this cave, the cave of Adullam. Everyone say Adullam. The Bible says in verse, uh, let's see. 2 Samuel 23 and 13. Praise God. Bible says, and three of the 30 men, and three of the 30 chief went down and came to David in the harvest time unto the cave of Adullam. And the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim. Verse 14, And David was then in the hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. So I want to give you a picture of what was going on. David was in this cave of Adullam. He's there with his 30 mighty men. And right between Bethlehem, which was 13 mile ride on a horse away, right in the middle between Bethlehem and the cave of Adullam was, was the valley of Rephaim. And in the valley of Rephaim, there was a there was a group, there was a whole band, there was a, a part of the army of the Philistines that was there in the valley of Rephaim. The Bible says in the hinder parts of verse 13, and the troop of the Philistines pitched in the valley of Rephaim, 
And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. Verse 15, And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me to drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. And so the army or the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. The place or stronghold of any city was the gates of the city. And so we understand by reading here uh, that the Philistines had a hold of the city for their garrison was there in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me to drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. This well was there and something caused David to remember this particular well. He was a Bethlehemite. David was. And he often would take his sheets down to the well and have them drink right out of his hand. And day after day, David would do this as a young man, no doubt. And David possibly was remembering this particular account. Uh, some say that uh, his men heard him saying it around the fire maybe and David was talking to his men and said oh man I'm thirsty if somebody can get me some water I don't believe that's what happened the only reason I have to say that is because what happened when they brought the water back when the men brought the water back David dumped it out on the ground and said I can't drink this water but this is the blood of these men I don't believe David would have put his men in jeopardy because if they would have had to, to do that they would have had to fight through uh, the troop which was in the valley of Rephaim, they would have had to fight the host of the Philistine garrison there at Bethlehem's gate. And they would have had to fight their way out and they had to fight their way uh, through the valley and back in to the cave. I don't believe David uh, knew his men were doing this. I personally believe that David was probably uh, up late at night, maybe the campfire was dim and the fire was going out and everybody was there uh, just about to sleep and David laying on his back maybe thinking about when he was a young boy and how he would feed the sheep out of the palm of his hand the water the sweet water the fresh water when times were peaceful the times uh, were joyful when times uh, were not stressful this time David had fought so many wars David had killed so many giants. David had uh, battled his own flesh and David had uh, fought many, many, many wars. And so David was worn out. He was thinking to himself, man, that was a time that I had when things were so peaceful. Things were so wonderful. Things were so joyful, even as a young man. And he lays there and those words, maybe he spoke those words under his breath. And I can see David as he's laying there on a rock and he falls asleep. And somehow his men hear that. And one of them turns to the other one and said, hey, did you hear what pastor said before he went to sleep? Did you hear what the man of God said? He's asleep now. Maybe we can get out and bring him some water. And the Bible said that they took off and they fought their way through the valley. And they fought their way into the gate. And they dipped their pitchers into that water. And they had to have fought their way back out. And fought their way through the valley. And brought the water unto 
their pastor. He didn't give them chapter and verse. He didn't tell them where they could find it in the Bible. It was just something that was on his heart. It was just something that they might have heard him pray when he's pacing around the church on Monday night prayer meeting. Oh God, send us revival. Oh God, send us somebody that's on fire that can win souls that teach Bible studies. Come on. He didn't tell them he had to do it. He didn't tell them you got to go there and risk your life. His helper. But Abishai, his helper, the son of Zariah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle. Why? They said, you, You're not going to go out to battle with us no more. You're not going to do all the work that you normally do. We got a building project. We're going to build a church with that seats 3,000 people. You're not going to work one. You're not going to swing one hammer. Why did they say that? It tells us in the remainder part of that verse. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. They looked at their man of God as the light of Israel, as the hope for their city. That's what this man is right here. Right. Praise God. 
When he gives you direction about, we're going to have revival. We're going to win souls. We're going to go over here and do this. We're going to do that. That's the man of God. That's the voice of God for you. Yes. Praise God. Yes, it is. Praise your name, Or else, and we can all stand. We can all stand. Or else one day, the man of God may not be there. Elder Camarena, I hope to God that every man in this church holds your hands up, brother, so you can make it another day. Pastor Camarena, I hope every man in this church holds your hands up as a pastor and a priest in their own home. Lead their wife and family to prayer. Lead their wife and family to outreach. Lead their wife and family to the house of God. Feel the Holy Ghost right now. I could have I could have turned this all different directions. But I feel like we're right in the spirit right now. I pray for a spirit of conviction to be in the house. I pray for a Holy Ghost conviction. That we can bind together as a church and say, I'm gonna get a hold of my pastor's vision. I'm going to hold his hands up. If something's needed around the church, I'm not going to wait for him to ask me. I'm going to do it on my own. Because God's called me to be a help. To be a help. To be a help. You know, my elder is 77 years old. 77 years old. And you know, I've thought about one day he's not going to be around. One day he's not going to be with us. And, And I don't want to rob one day of his life from him with my problems giving him stress <clears throat> making him spend every waking moment praying and worrying about me whether or not I'm going to make it I'm going to stand to the charge I'm going to be the man of my house or else or else one day we might repeat the words of the apostles when they said in Luke chapter 24 and verse 32 and they said one to another did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened unto us the scriptures our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us 
the scriptures. I tell you, church, this 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 specific church, I don't know nothing. But I'll tell you what I feel. I feel like you guys are ready for apostolic revival. This church is getting ready to explode. God's going to be using you, you young men, and you young ladies, and you middle-aged men to help this man of God to see this vision come to pass. But it didn't start with, with Brother Carol, Pastor Carol. It started with the elder. your place to see that you count in the kingdom of God. You matter to God. Every single one of you matter to the kingdom of God. To the success of this church. This pastor is not a dictator. This pastor don't make you risk your life. This pastor is not asking you to he's not preaching against water. He's not preaching against hairspray. He's not preaching against he wants to see revival. He wants to see souls saved. He wants to see hearts and lives changed. I'm going to open this all If you're If you're here and, and uh, you're on the fence, maybe maybe you you don't know where this is all going. I'm preaching tonight. You feel what I'm talking to you tonight about. Amen. You want to make a commitment to God. You want to make a commitment to the man of God. I'm opening up this altar tonight. You're going to support your man of God and his vision and ride, ride the river with this man of God. I want you to come to this altar.
Agora hoje. Yeah. 